Today on Karina and Kirsten, Get to Work, we're talking about stress, toxic stress, and trauma. But we promise it's not going to suck. <laughs> I hope not. No. Let's do it. Welcome to Karina and Kirsten Get to Work. I'm Kirsten Barron. And I'm Karina Hoyer. And we are so glad that you've joined us today. We talk about women. We talk about work. We talk about ease, meaning, and joy, because we want all of you friends out there to have loads of that in your life. So thanks for joining us. Um, we are recording from the land of the Coast Salish people. Here we are. Thank you. Thank you. And what are we talking about today? Oh, my. We're talking about trauma, toxic stress, all that good stuff. Yes. Yeah. Top of mind for a lot of us, eh? Well, that's exactly why I think you and I really wanted to do this show because we are watching the world around us and seeing it just in spades everywhere. But before we get into toxic stress and trauma. <laughs> it's such a me. I can't even wait. Right? I, can't, I just want to just launch totally, in. Totally. I want to talk about fun. Oh, yes, please. Okay. You talk about your fun first, friend. I have a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's about all I have to say. Oh, God. we Well, you and I, or I think our listeners know that you and I have been on a little bit of a personal journey, each of us individually mm -hmm. and together, to figure out how to balance work and life and fun and responsibility. Certainly during the pandemic, you know, we had a whole bunch of added uh, bonus mm -hmm. time with stress and mm -hmm. panic, uh, mm -hmm. but not, not panic, but Sometimes panic, yeah, I think. Yeah, sometimes panic. And, stay um, on fun, friends. Stay on fun. See, I'm trying. I'm focusing. I'm trying to focus. And um, I need more fun. I needed more fun in my life. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I realized that as somebody who was working from home, I would come, you know, we'd come to the weekends and I'd be like, ready. I want to do something. I want to do something fun. I want to do something exciting. And my family and my husband had had completely different experiences, their own individual experiences throughout the week. And in many cases, kind of wanted to hunker down and hibernate on the weekends. And so, I don't know, about two months ago, I told you, I'm not going to wait around for fun anymore. Right. I'm creating it and I'm going to do it by myself. And so I've now every weekend, pretty much for the last several months, I've planned something really fun that I want to do. And if someone wants to come with me, that's fine. But I'm going and doing it anyway. And it's crazy. And you're not waiting. I'm not waiting. I'm you're not, not waiting until everybody wants to go do the hike. No. Exactly. And I've gone. I'm leaving for the hike at 10. Just, I'm leaving. Great to have you come. Yeah. Hey, mm -hmm. I'm going to go on. I'm going to catch this ferry and go on a Be bike Be responsible ride. for your fun. Yeah. And be like, okay. Anyone, you know, like, I don't even say anyone want to come. They have to say, can we come? Oh, nice. I'm just like, I'm going to do this. I mean, of course, it's always an open invitation. But the bottom line is. You're not waiting. I'm only responsible for myself in mm -hmm. these situations. And I'm not waiting. And it's so freeing. It's not me. Normally, I'm like, anyone plan, plan, organize, Can I coordinate, get you, your snacks? Get you comfortable. Do we have yeah. enough water? Did you bring a jacket? Yeah. No. Now I'm like, I'm doing this. Oh, Good for you. Sure, you can come. Yeah. So anyway, that's me. But what about you? You're also on the ground journey. But for me, it's like, I read this thing the other day that said, if you only think that you have time to work, it is an indicator of a bigger problem, right? Like a bigger issue, a bigger stress. And I realized I was getting to this place where I was like, oh, yeah, I can't make a meal. I've just got to work. Mm -hmm. Or I can't do that. I've just got to work. I can't do that this weekend. I got to cancel that because I got to work. And I uh, thought to myself, that's crazy, Kirsten. Uh -huh. I talked myself down uh -huh. from the craziness. Yeah, nice. And now I've just decided kind of the same thing with you the last couple of months. I'm not canceling my fun for work. Right. Not. It's weird. 
That, it's not. Yeah, it is weird to cancel. I mean, I can see it every once in a while. Yes, but Enough. not when it's like a habit. Right. Which for me, I think it was it was like and I kept thinking about these crazy things. Well, oh, I don't have time to go cook a meal because I should just be working. I don't have time to exercise. I should just be working. Right. And then I realized mm, that is really unhealthy. Well, did, having listening to all of the things you've been doing lately, too, I notice your calendar is, is full, full of fun, of fun, 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 fun. It's fun. full of fun. But and it's not so and, much fabulous yeah, cooking fun. a meal is sometimes a fun mm-hmm. for I get that. So it's not even just like chore fun. It's like friends over yes. and leaving for the weekend right. or taking a drive or going out mm-hmm. to lunch or doing that thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So. Friends, we're in for fun. We're in for fun. And it's mm-hmm. a counter in many ways. It's an antidote to some of the other stress, stuff. Absolutely. The crap that it's we've an all antidote. been living yep. through. And I think that's it. We train our brains to say yes or no to certain situations. Mm-hmm. And as we found out when we were researching this trauma and toxic stress, you know, there's a lot of shit that's been going on in our brains in the last 18 months, compounded by all of the things that we've experienced I, as human beings. I have to say, I have said... And maybe I've even said it on the show before, but at least two or three times a week. I can't keep track. In the last six months, <laughs> I have had to say to my clients, okay, take a deep breath. Yeah. Like they come with a personnel issue or some kind of a dispute with somebody. And I have to say, okay, take a deep breath. Mm-hmm. People are very stressed out. Mm-hmm. People have been living under a lot of pressure, a lot of uncertainty, a lot of fear, a lot of panic. The pandemic is trauma. Yeah. I mean, it is trauma. So let's that's so that's one of the reasons I wanted to talk about this on the show because I'm just hearing it so many times in my work is people are not recognizing that what is happening around them is the result of trauma, toxic stress, whatever you want to call it. And you know, Krina and I, as you yeah, know, that's as listeners f- know, we're not experts on very much of anything. We'd like to pretend we are. But we're not. We're just kind of yeah. I we play them on we play experts on this podcast. But we do want to say that when it comes to these sorts of psychological issues, toxic stress, stress, grief, trauma, uh, adverse childhood experiences, all that stuff, you know, there are I mean, people spend their lives studying and treating that. And I just want to acknowledge and honor that. And you and I today are just talking about what can your average Joanne Thank you. do when these things are happening to you? And around you. And I think that was the other thing I want to call out before Be around, we really yeah. dig in is that, you know, this is top of mind, obviously. You know, if you read the news, you're seeing articles about mm-hmm. trauma and toxic stress of you know all over but it's interesting to focus not only on what's going on with you but what's going on with everyone well, that's else what captures you. that's yeah. what captured me about this there's yeah. i mean we there's a lot of stuff that we can do for ourselves and we'll touch into that in this episode about how do you take care of yourself with trauma and toxic stress but what i really want people to do is to look around them and to realize that the a-hole who just cut you off may just be having some trauma. You know, you just don't know. Or somebody at work who all of a sudden gives you the silent treatment or just to open up the expanse with how we deal with people. Yeah, exactly. And recognize that this is present. Mm -hmm. This is present Mm -hmm. um, in you and others. And so and one of the things I asked you early on was what's the difference between trauma and stress? And you're like, really? (laughs) I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't know if I I care. I don't know if it matters. We're talking about the same thing. Mm -hmm. But there is a different definition of trauma Mm -hmm. that I would love to just name, name, 
name. Name it. It's, it yeah. Let me just name it. Sub, the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration of the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Can you believe that? That's probably on somebody's business card. It is. That and is so many words. It takes up two full lines. That is a department within our government. Mm-hmm. Defines trauma as uh, as individual trauma. It's something that results from an event, a series of events, or set of circumstances that's experienced by an individual as physically or emotionally harmful or life-threatening. Okay, let's rewind for just a second. An event, a series of events, or a series of events or set of circumstances that's either physically, emotionally um, harmful or life-threatening. Okay. Yes, and the key there when you first said it was the experienced. Yes. So, right, so you've got an event or events, the person who is who experiences those events. Mm. And so it's just about their experience. Yes. Something that is traumatic to you may not be traumatic to me and vice versa. And then that experience leads to some sort of an adverse effect on your functioning, your brain, your f- mental, physical, social, emotional, whatever. Right. Exactly. And so it's how you like you're saying a needle is not traumatic to me. But it's traumatic to like 25% of the population. Mm-hmm. That's it. You know, things like that are interesting to realize. It's how they are experienced, mm-hmm. not exactly what that thing is. Car crash, mm-hmm. bullying, mm-hmm. sexual harassment, mm-hmm. um, pandemic, f- pandemic, um, abusive boss, you know, all these things really create experiences in you that then affect the way that you live in the world. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. And you can add to that. Things that are happening out externally mm-hmm. that also create trauma for us, like natural disasters. All of the death around the around COVID nineteen. Yep. All of the suffering around COVID nineteen. The riot the, the the racial the racial as some people call them riots, as other people call them protests. However you frame those, those can be really trauma inducing for folks on both sides and for all kinds of reasons. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Also, um, living in poverty, mm-hmm. a constant state of deprivation. I'm going to say, um, and not to gloss over that, but I was recent re- re- recently reminded of my own just experiences that I think, you know, aren't universal to everyone when it comes to heat. Mm. So, you know, we're in the Pacific Northwest on the land of the Coast Salish people, as you said mm-hmm. earlier. And we, along with many, many other people, experienced a tremendous heat wave. You know, we had record temperatures. I've lived here my whole life. I've never seen triple digits. And we were like upwards of 110 degrees. And I realized for me, managing the heat was easier than managing my emotions around what that meant. It was the natural disaster, the climate change, mm-hmm. the the impending fire season that mm-hmm. we're going to have to mm-hmm. deal with. That all felt like stress. That was something completely different than me just dealing with a, what I would consider a regular weather It's event. like what's behind it. Yeah. You know what's behind it. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, they're saying now if you've, if we're experiencing these natural disasters, if you have, like you said, childhood experiences, mm-hmm. if you're, you know, living through this pandemic, et cetera, et cetera, it's a lot. They're, we're piling this stuff on. It, you know, and along with the whole issue with climate change is one of the things that I was so fascinated by reading, which I knew, but I just love, you know, kind of, just seeing something and saying, ah, that makes so much sense to me. It's the trauma around racism. Yes. You know, how people of color live in the world, whether it be called a microaggression or, you know, understanding slavery and lynchings and police brutality, all of those things. And I think that's one of the issues with 
what the last year we've been living in. It's got everything. It's got it's everything. It's got it all. It has got it all. In fact, you know, there was a graphic in one of the articles that we read. Well, actually, it was a great resource um, that had sort of, remember that graphic and that showed all of the things around us that yes. can cause toxic stress or yes. trauma? Mm-hmm. And I felt like I could, I could. It looked like an environment with soil and trees and sun and rain. Yeah. And it was just articulating how different kinds of systemic racism is in the ground and something else is in the water, but it just really affects our environment. Yes. And, mm-hmm. and it was, and I felt like I could just pick off, you know, a handful or more of those things that I myself had experienced. And it wasn't even close to what someone who had been dealing with systemic racism or um, poverty Mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. physical violence. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so we know these things in our minds and sometimes we are not able to connect what's happening there and in our bodies with those events. Right. So how do we connect what's happening in our minds and bodies, our experiences with those events? Sometimes it's hard to recognize that your behavior or your feeling is caused by A, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, A, Whatever, A, B, or X. A, B, or C. Thank you for uh-huh. helping me with that. I was just double checking. <laughs> I wasn't quite sure. I was like, is she going to A so, something? So one of the things <laughs> that I think is really helpful is to talk through what the symptoms are. What do we know when we have these adverse experiences, right? Mm -hmm. We have a negative experience from some sort of traumatic event. What, how does that, what does that look like in us as humans? Like what are the signs? Yes. What are the things we might mm -hmm. be able to identify in ourselves Mm -hmm. or others? Mm -hmm. Man, the list is long. It It is is long. long. Some of them though are particularly interesting. So, okay. So, you know, I think you can probably assume some like panic attacks, depression, insomnia, nightmares, mood swings, Mm -hmm. irritability, those sorts of things. So if you've got kind of, if you're experiencing the world and it all feels so much more intense and you're swinging pretty big, you know, your swings are big Mm -hmm. and wide. Those are all signs potentially of trauma. Others though, that I didn't realize that we dug into like lack of awe. Yeah. Which I feel like is just sort of like numb. Nothing grabs you. Nothing. I felt like that postpartum yeah. depression, like just like yes. eh, flatline mm-hmm. or categorical thinking. Yes. I, that's that actually for me, I know when I'm doing categorical thinking or I have a ne- or I'm being very I'm being negative. Uh-huh. I know I'm like, ooh, it's like almost like a little alarm bell that goes off in my brain and I have to go back and find the thread that created that. And when we say categorical thinking, mm-hmm. what do you think of when you say that? Oh, it's black or white. Yes. Things are yes or no. Yeah. It's never going to work. Right. I see no way of going forward. Yeah, exactly. I don't know why you even talked to me about that. This is ridiculous. Fire them now. (laughs) Instead of what I consider your more natural state, which is curiosity. Mm -hmm. I was talking to my sister about curiosity, by the way. Incidentally, and she said in in teaching, they have a phrase they use with kids. Fury. Sorry. Curious, not furious. Oh, yeah. And I was like, I love that. I love that, too. I'm it's so good. I need that. Yeah, curious, because most of my default is furious. Like, I'll just get <laughs> mad. I just went proud. Which I don't know. But it, it, so, OK, other signs. What else? What else struck you when you're we we're researching trauma? Well, I'll also go with obsessive compulsive disorder. I don't want to forget that one. Uh huh. Like you have to clean this stove repeatedly i hope somebody else does that besides me it's like not one little spatter from the eggs you're like what there's you're- a spatter on that stuff 
sorry. I know the stove is one of your triggers, which is so great for me. I have so many. My kids can't keep track. I think socks <laughs> is one of them, too. But like that. Yeah. Obsessive. Compulsive. No, I do get that way when I've got stuff. You know, it's all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When it, stuff. So and mm-hmm. when feel stuff is piling up, which is interesting because when we looked at the brain science, again, people spend their lives and their careers studying this. And we're going to try to paraphrase it in you know, 30 seconds or less. But what happens to your brain on trauma is basically the same thing around that happens with stress and mm-hmm. grief, grief. Right. Your amygdala cues this like sympathetic nervous system to fight or take flight or freeze. Mm-hmm. And so all of the things that happen in your brain when you're What I love about this, too, is that when this happens, your blood and your oxygen are typically diverted to your muscles. Yeah. Which is away from your brain. Away from your brain. I'm like, oh, now we have just deprived our brain of oxygen. That's right. Yeah. All (laughs) systems not crucial to survival Mm -hmm. are suppressed, Mm -hmm. including long range thinking. Right. And then basically we get the survival brain that overrides the rational or the thinking brain. And then we stop doing this. You know, we we stop problem solving or cooperating or being nice or, you know, Mm -hmm. being kind, et cetera, et cetera. (laughs) What I thought was interesting with trauma is that the brain doesn't distinguish Mm -hmm. between physical and emotional and psychological threat. It's all, it all creates this reaction in your brain. Yeah. So if you're, yeah. So, yeah. So a traumatic experience, something that triggers that trauma in your brain feels just like uh, someone holding a knife, you know, holding a knife at you. So if I make, if I've experienced something in my life or historically or over and over and over again, if I've got a trauma response to an event Mm -hmm. and it happens to me. My brain doesn't distinguish between that and being held at gunpoint. Right? Tell me more about that. Well, if I was so trauma is the experience. Mm-hmm. So rather, whether or not everyone else around you. So l- let's just take this. Uh, let's take dogs, for yes. instance. Okay. Some people love dogs, but if you've been bitten by a dog, then you may have a traumatic response to dogs. To dogs. Absolutely. That dog. Great example. When you see that dog, your brain goes. Any dog. Any dog. When you see any dog, right. your brain goes apeshit. Right. Executive function. And I look at sh- that dog and I'm like, oh my gosh, right. come in my lap. Right. So you're like, come here, come here, come here. You know, I love it. And I'm over here going, uh, that's so scary. Send all of the oxygen to my muscles because mm-hmm. I have to fight or flee. Mm-hmm. No more rational thought. Yeah. No more da da da. Right. And then that response to my brain, that dog represents the same thing in my brain. As a hostile. Yes. And there certainly are different degrees of trauma. No question. But I do think that's absolutely right, is you have this experience that then repeats itself. Yes. Yep. Mm -hmm. And then you do. And then you have that if if you have that over and over Mm -hmm. and over and over again, you start to operate from that place pretty consistently. Yes. There is an amazing I think it's a not again amazing nonprofit called the Trauma Stewardship Institute, and they have done a tremendous amount of work around trauma. And I listened to a training by um, one of the folks who works with them, Laura Van Dermit Lipsky, and she had the most interesting thing to say. There were two things that she said that I found fascinating that dovetail from just your articulation of the whole experience of trauma. The first is that. When animals have an experience 
that's traumatic, like they're chased mm-hmm. or, you know, they get in a fight, they get in a fight. They appear to get over it. Like when we experience trauma, it causes all those things to happen that we talked about. Right. Yeah. All those symptoms. And then it really affects our health. Right. Depression, heart disease, high blood pressure, ulcers, all kinds of thing, things like that. Animals don't appear to do that. She used the phrase metabolize. She said animals appear to metabolize their stress. And I really took that as a super helpful, like, how do we process our stress? So we're going to get to that later on in the show. But that was something that she said was super interesting to me. The other interesting thing she said was they did an experiment with mice. And they shocked the mice. And every time they shocked the mice, they put an aroma of cherry blossoms in the air. Okay. And they found out that four generations of mice later, those mice would show uh, symptoms and evidence stress just when the aroma of cherry blossom was in the air. They got rid of the shocks, right? Yeah. And they just put cherry blossom in the air and it would increase anxiety. Four generations later. Mm-hmm. We're experiencing what we now have a name for, right? We call it generational trauma. Generational trauma. Exactly. So I just wanted to also to just to say to pile on on top of trauma, it's not just you. No, it's the, it's, it's what all, came before you. It's all of it. It's four generations yes, plus. It's four generations back. back. Oh, let's take a deep breath. And this is why I wanted to talk about this, because I listen to people's stories all day long. And I have come to realize, you know, primarily because it's been in my face, like a big fat, you know, F what with the <laughs> pandemic, yes, right? Yes. It's like, oh, my gosh, this is trauma. And now I can see it. And now I can see other things. Now that I've gotten the big fat and, you know, face trauma with the pandemic. And I know, of course, I know about the trauma that's caused by all different kinds of things, sexual abuse or violence or whatever. But what I'm realizing is like so many people are experiencing trauma. Mm-hmm. It's like 66% of us have at least one adverse child experience, which is a traumatic inducing event in all likelihood. 66% of us. Yeah. Trauma. And that was a that was before all this other and and we're also we're all walking around like with what do they call it hairpin triggers Hair, right hairpin which I don't even know why that is named that but yes hairpin triggers like we're ready to pop we're yep. set to mm-hmm. pop here mm-hmm. and more so now than ever and I you know again I'm we're just going to come back to this time and time again we are we are collectively experiencing trauma and some people have been doing that for years yes for their life Mm -hmm. and for generations yes that's such a good point karina and when we have those experiences it goes somewhere it goes somewhere yeah i mean i love when brene brown talks about what we do when we're stressed out like beer and and muffins and whatever but she's and and that's exactly right you know our substance abuse goes up alcoholism goes up um, people have a hard time relating to each other others kind of negative or self-destructive behaviors um we also like kind of what is that called decompensate you know we're just not our highest or best selves right yeah so there's all of these things that we do to try and deal with the effects of trauma. Yeah. And then you have to go to work. Yeah. I mean, and I know we're like, what, I don't even know what, 25 minutes into this episode and we're just now getting to work. But I think that the the, the point is, it's just needed to be made, which is this is, 
we are all dealing with so, so, mm-hmm. so, so, much. so, so very much. And so in addition to giving ourselves grace, in addition to recognizing when those emotions are welling up, um, in addition to trying to manage how we cope with trauma without, you know, leaning too heavily on, you know, salty, fatty foods or the chips. bottle or the, you know, chips. chocolate bar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, chips. Just don't disparage cheese because I need cheese. No, we're not going to disparage need... cheese. Nobody mentioned cheese. Me cheese. Okay, we'll not to be make mentioning sure. cheese. Please, Karina. <laughs> you know, but you you have to manage all of this and give yourself grace and give those around you, and then you go, you know, and then you zip it up and go to work, and then mm-hmm. you ring customers out at the cash register or teach children mm-hmm. or uh, nurture people or care give or manage a staff meeting or you know read a legal brief, and you're bringing all of that with you to yeah. work. Yeah. And it means that you, you know, are less less able to solve problems, yep. less able to relate well with your coworkers. Um, and so those are the things that I think that have become just such an opportunity for grace with each other. Yeah. Right. Just to kind of just fall back into grace. It was, you know, before we go on to in the workplace. So I do just want to remind folks, remember, when you feel these things, we talk about these strategies, we talked about them in self-care. We talked about them in like work-life balance. We talk about them all the time. Get yourself outside. Spend time with people who give you energy. Simplify your life. Don't overcomplicate. Mm-hmm. As long as you don't have any trauma, find your dog. You know, <laughs> yeah. animals are so great. If that, you know, be grateful, get good sleep, try and find something that inspires you, art, whatever. These are really, oh, by the way, laugh 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 yeah laugh it makes your abs flat <laughs> makes your brain feel better yes laugh so yes I even just want- pretend put a pencil in your mouth and pretend you're smiling it yeah, does it's so, this, it's so ridiculous crazy. but it does a lot of but i just want to remind me. people i mean even though we're talking about mostly about folks around you like taking care of yourself is super important and we talk about this all the time we're like broken records yeah i know i don't even understand why people are still listening we're saying this no, i'm just joking but <laughs> but there is some good news and i think we need to get there because mm-hmm. there, this is also there's good news for you and there's good news at work one of the things that we read is that you don't have to sit in this toxic stress place. You know, you can actually kind of return to equi- equilibrium if you want, if you spend the time and energy. Mm-hmm. If you ha- So I'm not going to say you just snap your fingers and all of a sudden you don't have a trauma experience or you're not traumatized. But being aware of what's going on with you and around you, and you can take active steps, like you said, um, you can take active steps to counteract those impact mm-hmm. in the moment. Like yep. you said, go for a walk, get your dog, you know, t- breathe, breathe etc. And with some hard work over the long term. Yeah. By the way, there's a whole bunch of stuff out there. When I was researching, I won't go into it today, but I just want to, I want to, I want to make sure our friends know about this. There are things you can do that are just like resetting your nervous system. Yeah, tell me about those. Oh my gosh, it's fascinating. It's like there are these breathing exercises that you can do where you breathe in for four, breathe out for four, do that like 10 times and then extend it till you get to like eight. You know, so you do for four, for five, for six, for seven, for eight. Um, 
and there's a, there's all kinds of breathing exercises. There's this one guy who had you do the breathing and squeeze your fingertips. Huh. It's very interesting. He had you squeeze all of your fingertips, which feels terrific if you're doing it. It feels so good. I'm going to do it right now. Weird, but it felt really good. I tried it. Um, <laughs> and then, of course, meditation, yes. right? Yes. Um, and I'll be honest. I think that my nervous system resets when I exercise. Yeah. 100%. Dax Shepard says when he when he's doing it, when he's the um, uh, when he is a sponsor for an AA person, if somebody calls him and they wants to like talk to him for an hour about some BS, blah, blah, blah. He's like, I do have an hour to talk to you and I definitely want to talk to you. But before I talk to you, I want you to go exercise for an hour and call me back. Yeah. And he's like half the time people don't even call him back because they've just like worked yes. it out. Yeah. That's how I'm on my bike. I feel like that's a meditative time. You're moving your body and fight but the breathing, that's something you that's can just funny. do in the moment. Exactly. And squeeze your fingertips apparently. Squeeze your fingertips <laughs> under your desk or you know, behind the Zoom camera. Okay, for so sure. that's us. That reminds us to take care of ourselves. How do we take care of our coworkers? Yeah. I have to tell you, I think sometimes the biggest gift that you can give coworkers around this is your own education and your own care. Mm -hmm. It's the yes, absolutely. I am going to provide space for this. I'm going to provide a place for this and I'm going to even normalize it. Mm -hmm. Right. I'm going to learn about it and normalize it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And there's, a again, a great reference that we will make sure is in the show notes um, titled A Trauma-Informed Approach to Workforce Development. And they give you a ton of these great tips. Mm -hmm. But like you said, one of one of the first things they always they they mention is make it normal educate yourself and create a space for these kinds of conversations you know there's a new york times article i think i might have referenced it in one of our previous episodes um that just said you know the people who are coming back to work are not the same people they're not the same people they're not the same people i spoke to a woman today i'd never or two days ago i'd never met before she has lost five people to covid oh and she's going back to work in an executive position and you know they that crew that team and many 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 other teams um in the workplace just need to reset they need to relate. Mm -hmm. They need to be able to share these stories and talk about who they are now and how they are experiencing life and, and work. And it is informed by this traumatic, yeah. these traumatic events. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so what else? If we can create space and create an openness around this, you know, do our breathing exercises and talk to our therapist, mm -hmm. what, do mm -hmm. you, what else would you advise? So I do think like I began with, I think the education is really important for folks to really understand how trauma works and how it affects people and to just be aware of and be looking for it. Right. I think that is the first thing that you can do. And just to have some grace, like, hmm, maybe this person isn't an asshole. Maybe they're just traumatized. Yeah. Right. Just to give people some grace around that. And I do think that the normalizing is important when people are upset it's okay, right? There's a space for that. Check, mm -hmm. Checking in at the beginning of meetings. How's everybody doing today, mm -hmm. right? It may or may not be something that people want to participate on. One of the things that Laura Van Dermot Lipsky said is this is the time to overstep. 
Yeah. This is the time to overstep. This is the time to be curious. This is the time to ask, right? Maybe not in a meeting of 10 people, but a one-on-one check-in with a coworker. Hey, I'm just checking in. How are you doing? How are things going? Right? You know, what's going on with you? She said, if there is a time to overstep and check in on how people are doing, it is now. Yeah. Which I was like... Wow, I'm often hesitant to get in people's business. Yeah. Right. But I do think to show up with curiosity and not like you're behaving really weird. What's going on with you? Is there something wrong with you? Yeah. But hey, I'm just checking in. How are you doing? How are things going? No, I I picked up the phone and called somebody I haven't spoken to in ages just to see how she was doing. Mm. And the same thing. She she thanked me profusely for it. We had a great conversation. And, you know, it was just that that overture, just making that time and space. So how are you? And I got something out of that human contact. Mm -hmm. Right. So overstepping that. Absolutely. Isn't that fascinating? I was like, this is the time to overstep. Okay, I'm going to lean into that. Yeah. And obviously listening, Mm -hmm. being patient with people, being curious, no problem solving. That's so hard. That is so hard. Yeah, but just witnessing, like to actually be there to witness somebody's experience. You do that so well, Kirsten. That's so nice of you to say, Karina. No, you do one of the things you've, I've seen you do, you've done it to me too, where you go, "Mm, mm mm-hmm, oh, that has got to be so hard. Because it effing is. I know, but you don't say, you know what, you know what you should do. Right. Which is like the right. world's worst sentence in the world. Right. Start sentence starter. Right. You just say, oh, my goodness, right. that must be so hard. Right. That must be so hard. You know, instead of and that is that is that's it. That's witnessing. Mm-hmm. Not what do you. Yeah. Like, how are you oh, well, you should it? hire a nanny. Yeah. Right. You should do, you could hire a babysitter. <laughs> you could hire me. Right. I might be able to fix it. Well, of course we could hire you. Of course you'd solve the problem. I know. But that's probably not going to help. I think there are some other things, some other tips, you know, and again, it's just really I think a lot of them are focusing on opening up your opening mm-hmm. up, opening mm-hmm. up yourself to the other human beings in your office and also or look, in your yeah, workplace. And looking at behaviors like People who are late to work when they haven't been, people who are short or abrupt or who are missing deadlines, like all of those, your inability to behave in the way you used to behave are really good signs that something's going on for somebody. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're always late, if you're Kirsten and you're always (laughs) late, maybe not a sign of trauma. But for people that I, I I have seen people change their behavior at work and been like, hmm. Yeah. What's that about? Yeah. Yeah. And if you, again, if you recognize this, if you're seeing this, if you're experiencing it in yourself and others, taking those active steps to mitigate the issue, the, the impact, recognizing what's happening in your brain and also physiologically and treating yourself with kindness and finding ways to sort of move through this, because that is the only way. And then finding that kindness and making it bigger so it can be there for your coworkers. Yeah. Right. Where is the same thing that we want to show ourselves? And people are different. Like some people have a much easier time showing themselves kindness than others. And other people have a much harder time showing themselves kindness rather than others. You know what I mean? Like, I think, yeah, you know what I'm trying to say, but just whatever, find your biggest compassion, your biggest kindness and try and just be open to this Growing total yeah. shit show that's happening. Yeah. And also, and I'm just going to toss a couple more in before we close the show. And that is um, one of which I've seen with my clients. Be, have realistic expectations of yourself and others. This is not the time oh, yeah. to, you know, pedal to the metal. Try, you know, if you have options around trying new initiatives or creating additional change or, you know, shaking Maybe things not up. Now. Yeah. 
today, this is not yeah. probably the time. Yeah. You know, I'm hosting um, or facilitating. Th- I got three retreats on the docket in the last week and a half. Because folks want to get back together. folks want to get back together. Reconnect, to- mm-hmm. get clear. That kind of stuff is going to go so long, so far with these businesses that I'm working with. Not just because I'm facilitating the retreat, but because they're investing mm-hmm. the time and energy in their people. And the retreats aren't about... Let's plan. Let's get this. Let's focus. Let's. Right. It's about let's reconnect. How are we going to get to let's, productivity? Let's hear yeah. about you know because that's going to pay off in the long run. So again, because people's of, lives have changed enormously. Exactly, they've changed enormously. One of the things that I really, um, that I really, I want to just remind folks is all of this changes all the time, like the way people feel about their trauma changes. It is a constantly shifting thing. Um, in fact, there's this one great quote from Oprah that I love so much. And the reason I love it is because it appeals to the rational brain. It, it embraces the emotional content that existed and it provides hope. So I think those like that, I feel like is sometimes our show. Yeah, let's hit, hit me with it because I need <laughs> right? that. Yeah. Like, so let's do it. what's happening in your brain? How are you? What's really going on? And how do we have hope around it? She says, I'm really proud to say that even in my worst moments, I've always had the good sense to know that however bad things were, they wouldn't remain so. Yeah. Which is so nothing stays the same. Mm. It's you are not it is not going to be the same tomorrow. Mm-mm. So whatever is happening today is going to be different tomorrow. Yeah. And you can do it. Yes. Right. Just have some faith that tomorrow will be different. Sit down with your coworker or your friend or whatever. Check in. Be sweet. Oh, be yeah. generous. Be kind mm-hmm. with yourself and others. Yeah, this is like an opportunity for grace on steroids. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for bringing this topic. I really enjoyed it. I'm so glad you enjoyed it. It was like, <laughs> let's talk about trauma. Oh, no, I learned so much. And folks, <laughs> as always, thanks for listening. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. Find us on Instagram and social media. Love your feedback. Facebook. Email us. Just give us some love. Give us some love. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Krina and Kirsten Get to Work is recorded and produced by yours truly, Krina Hoyer and Kirsten Barron. Find all of our episodes anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, on our website, or email us at yougettowork at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 